0: You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. All right, film geeks. Today we're talking about the Super Mario Brothers movie and all the things that John Liguizamo had to say. Let's talk about it. What's up y'all welcome back to another episode of all right let's talk about it my name is savannah i am your host i do film reviews and film industry commentary it is a supposed to be rainy day here in new orleans we're under a flood watch which doesn't really mean much of anything if you're familiar with the city of new orleans if it drizzles too hard It floods. That's just the nature of the city. The city's below sea level. This city gets a lot of rain. We're starting to enter that rainy season. Knock on wood, I haven't seen any termites yet. I can't remember what time of the year they show up. I do remember seeing a bunch of termites right after Mardi Gras last year. So here's the thing. This has nothing to do with anything, but I may as well share. For those who do not know, okay, so I live in the city of New Orleans, right? I am a Carolina baby by birth. I was born in South Carolina, raised in the city of Charlotte in North Carolina. I moved to New Orleans about three years ago. And there were so many things I did not know before I moved here. I knew about the heat. I had no idea to what extent the heat would be until I got here. I did not know about the potholes. No one told me that my car would essentially be torn up and would not pass inspection anywhere else in the country. I'm basically stuck here. As long as I have this car, there is nothing protecting the underside of my car. There's no splash guard. It is gone and it's sad and it sucks. And I have to be very careful, but you know, it's it's very normal to see people with their front bumpers just gone or, you know, it looks like their car has wings because of just the damage that these roads do to your car. No one told me that. And another thing no one told me, and I didn't even, what do I know? I didn't know to look this up. The only, you know, experience I have ever had with termites was when I worked as a loan processor for a mortgage company and, you know, looking at the appraisal, oftentimes you'd have to see, you know, if a termite inspection was needed. So that was my only real experience with termites, determining whether or not a inspection or something was needed before we could you know close on alone no one I had never even seen a termite until I moved here and all of a sudden there are these bugs everywhere in my room and black dust and that's termite poop there's no getting rid of it um and it just kind of shows up I, I haven't seen termites in there's the thunder I haven't seen termites since last year and yet black dust keeps accumulating in my bedroom it doesn't matter how clean you keep your house and if you're renting good luck getting um any of that treated because it costs a lot of money and it doesn't always last year after year uh my landlord refuses we've told her about the termite problem for the last two years and she refuses to do anything about it and it's super frustrating but yeah no one told me about the termite problem here and it's bad it's hella bad so bad so bad. And they come, they're everywhere. They come through the vents. They're in your room. Um, for months, I have to sit in darkness in my room because the light attracts them. Uh, I discovered essential oils last year because permite, I'm not permite, per- peppermint is good at kind of shooing them away. Yeah, no one told me about the termites. And then the rain. Uh, I knew it rained here a lot. I figured anyway, because this city is surrounded by water. New New Orleans is an awkward little peninsula. Almost an island. Almost. Just almost an island. And there's water everywhere. We're surrounded by water. Swamps. The Gulf is not too far from here. Rivers. The Mississippi River. I can walk to the Mississippi River like Pontchartrain. So the good thing about it being hot, there's always a breeze. So the heat isn't that unbearable. It's It's it, there's still a breeze. So, you know, outside air conditioning, it works. But the rain here, when it rains, y'all, it rains and it floods. It floods for no reason. Um, No one told me what a neutral ground was. So I get text messages from the city whenever there's alerts and they say parking on the neutral ground. Now, I didn't know what a neutral ground was. It took me a minute to figure it out. The neutral ground is what they call the medium here, except it's a little bit larger. The medium here in New Orleans and a lot of the parts of the city, you can walk on. There's sometimes sidewalks in the middle of the street that you can walk on, jog on, run on. And this was kind of a historic place because at one point, the city was very divided between different uh, ethnic and national groups. So, you know, the French, German, Spanish, what have you. And they would come on the neutral ground to do commerce. So that's where that comes from. So whenever it rains really bad, because the city is incredibly flat, there's no elevation here. There aren't really many hills. You know, it's very flat here. The highest elevation in some places, if you don't have a hill of a driveway, is the neutral ground. So cars are basically parked in the middle of the street. And it's normal. It's so normal. And it's it's crazy to me. Some of the things here that are just that are so different that took some getting used to, but that's part of the course of moving. It's not just a cultural shock, a culture shock. It is a whole environment reset. Okay. New Orleans is wonderland. New Orleans is a haunted house. Okay. And we're all just ghosts with unfinished business in this city, but I love it. I love it so much in spite of its weirdness at times we're not here to talk about the city new orleans come and visit if you must don't visit though in the month of july and i'd say august because that's when it rains all it does is rain but we're talking about super mario brothers i saw this last night at my local amc as per usual and i almost fell asleep not because it was boring i think i watched it too late and i'm getting too old and it, it was the first movie that i've seen in a while where there were children in the theater I don't think I've seen a good kids movie in quite some time. Even when I saw, I think black Panther might've been the closest one Wakanda forever back in what? November. This is the first real children's movie experience. So for those of you who are parents wondering what are, what, you know, what are your kids going to think? Is this appropriate for your kids? I might be able to give you a little bit of insight because I can give you an idea as to how a lot of kids responded. It seemed like a lot of kids in the theater enjoyed the movie. Um, As far as, okay, this is, the movie has its issues. But I think for a lot of young kids, I'd say seven and under, they're not going to care. They're not going to care. This is one of those movies, because I think we all have them in our childhood. Movies that we loved as a kid, absolutely adored. And then we watched them when we got older and we're like, this is actually kind of crappy. I think this is going to be one of those for a lot of kids. They're going to love this right now. Adore it. It's, I think, totally appropriate for that age group. But when they get older and they watch it again, they're going to realize, wait, this is kind of not good. Um, It's a little weak on story. So this is Super Mario Brothers, directed by Aaron Horvath and Michael Jelenic, written by Matthew Fogel, based on, you know, obviously the characters created by Nintendo. Voices Chris Pratt, voices Mario, Anya Taylor, Joy. She is everywhere, y'all. Uh, voices Princess Peach. Charlie Day is Luigi, and Jack Black is Bowser. And we also have Keegan Michael, Keegan Michael Key. Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong. That was precious. Interesting. It's, it was an interesting film. So. Let me talk about for kids because I think a lot of parents you want something that's going to be appropriate and entertaining for your children. I think your children are going to love it. It's very colorful. It's bright, great music. I think if they've played any kind of Mario game, there's definitely going to be some elements to this they'll recognize. Uh, they definitely have moments where, you know, Mario is running about and it's like he's running through the game. It looked like Super Mario Brothers 3. That's what I grew up with. I did have, you know, Super Nintendo and the Mario game there with Yoshi because I remember him there. Uh, I did play a little bit of Mario Kart, but the old school cartridge, the one you had to blow in with Super Mario Brothers 3 is, you know, the best part of one of the best parts of my childhood. It's one of my greatest memories. I loved that game and I still love it. I think I have like Super Mario Deluxe Universe or something on Nintendo Switch, which I like to play from time to time. And the reason why I like to play it is because it looks like Super Mario Brothers 3. It still has that same kind of interface and it's not new age. It's not extra. It doesn't have all the extra cute little graphics. It looks like something I would have played in like 1991. You know what I mean? That's, I think that's why I appreciate the nostalgia, the nostalgia of it all. I'm a millennial. What can I say? I'm all about nostalgia. So I think for kids, they're going to find it to be very entertaining. It's right up their alley. But as for adults, I think they're going to notice the weaknesses, especially within the story. The story is very weak. It's a very weak story. So this is all about Mario and Luigi. They just quit their plumbing job and they've started their own business. The Super Mario Brothers plumbing business with this, you know, cheesy little commercial it's adorable they're two brothers who live with their family in Brooklyn and they're getting off to a rocky start with this business Mario is your headstrong go-getter doesn't know how to quit um confident young man who you know sees an opportunity and he wants to be the hero he wants to get the job done he wants to help Luigi, I think, is your typical scaredy cat, you know, timid, not as confident brother, little brother. Um, But, you know, as long as he's with Mario, he's at his strongest. As long as he's with Mario, he's at his strongest. Reminded me a little bit of, like, Tommy Pickles and Chucky Finster from the Rugrats. That kind of bond and relationship. You had Tommy, who was just fearless, and Chucky, who was afraid of everything. Very much Mario and Luigi. And... While they're trying to fix something in Brooklyn, they stumble upon a pipe that leads them into two separate worlds. You have Luigi going to the place where there's lava and Mario going over to the Mushroom Kingdom where he runs into Toad, one of the you know dudes with the mushroom hats and Princess Peach. Well, he wants to rescue his brother from the land of forget what it's called. Remember y'all I was half asleep and don't ask me nothing. So, He wants to rescue his brother while you know this mushroom kingdom is about to be under attack by Bowser. Bowser has you know stolen this star power up that'll give him all these powers and help him to rule the world. And he's also kind of in love with Princess Peach, he wants to marry her and rule the whole world with her. And if she doesn't, he's planning on destroying the mushroom kingdom. Well, Princess Peach. Uh, it's like, well, we have to go. We have to save our kingdom. So she's like, I'm going to go to the kingdom of Kong and get their army and bring them back. And they're going to fight with us. And like, well, the Kongs don't like us. And while she's running to go get the Kong army, that's when she runs into Mario. Mario has been told by Mr. Toad that, hey, you want to help your brother? You need to see Princess Peach. And Princess Peach is like, hey, I'll help you with your brother only if you're worthy enough. So true to the game takes him through makes him go through kind of an obstacle course to prove his worthiness. And then they go off to the land of Kong where we run into Donkey Kong. And it's, you know, just fun, sweet nostalgia. There's actually a moment right before we even meet Princess Peach where we're kind of going through the town of the Mushroom Kingdom. And there's this little store called Antiques. And then the little toad thing asks, does it even work? And then the guy says, yeah, but you have to blow in it. I think I was the only person that got that joke. I hollered. No one else made a peep. I'm like, did y'all not? Did y'all really miss that? That was my child blow into the cartridge. It was. Oh my gosh. Ah. Oh. No one else got it. I'm pretty sure I was the only one in the theater that got it. So. I mean, it sounds like it's a, a full story, right? You've got the, these brothers who are kind of living this very mundane life, trying to find some significance, this some trying to find a, a meaning behind their existence. They go into this crazy kingdom where Mario has to be the hero and save his brother. And, you know, Luigi's I don't even know why Luigi's here. He's kind of pointless. He's just a big scaredy cat. His character really is just a way to kind of boost up Mario. I keep seeing this a lot in film where you have supporting characters who their only real purpose is to kind of boost up and lift up that main character. They don't have their own agency. The story itself is just kind of weak. It's very, very weak story kind of cheesy there were some plot holes a little here and there i had some questions that never got answered how is it that bowser seems to know everything literally everything down to the millisecond of what they're doing obviously there's a spy somewhere they never tell us what the spy is we have a mario kart you know moment in this movie and it's actually kind of pretty looking so the movie is visually stunning it's beautiful great animation this is from illumination studios which also does the despicable me But it's just light on story. The story just kind of weak. It's just kind of flat. And I think as an adult, I don't think you're going to get much out of it other than the nostalgia part of it. It's not that fun of a movie. But I think for a child, um, because this is incredibly childlike, it's very immature, perfect for that age, I think they're going to get something out of it. But 20 years from now, when they watch it again, I think they're going to realize just how weak this movie is. (laughs) in a clown world right now right I think we're kind of past clown world and we've entered like crackhead world and people right now are just obsessed with inclusion and representation everyone wanting to be included here's the thing about inclusion we have I think misrepresented what inclusion actually is one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt until you tried it on Having access to that which you are entitled. Now, the concept of inclusion, the way we use it right now, started with education. Making sure young people, kids, had access to a quality education. Kids who might have a physical or mental disability. Kids who are of, you know somewhere near the poverty line, making sure they had access to a quality education. That was inclusion. Making sure kids who are deaf or hard of hearing have an interpreter. That's inclusion. Making sure there is, um, you know, wheelchair accessible equipment on the playground or a sidewalk that they so they can get into the building. That's inclusion. Making sure there are, you know, the correct Uh, professionals, speech pathologists, um, behavioral therapists, on school grounds for kids who need it, who need that little bit of extra, that's inclusion. Now inclusion has come to mean, you know, making sure that people are everywhere. But here's the thing, you're not, in. again, like I said, Inclusion is making sure you have access to that which you are entitled, but you're not entitled to be everywhere. But people have this mindset that if something exists and I am entitled to be there, And we're kind of battling this. And we're seeing the repercussions of not telling people no or saying, hey, you may not fit in this or, hey, it may not make sense. So John Leguizamo told um, TMZ, so just to kind of backtrack. John Leguizamo was in a 1993 Super Mario Brothers movie where he played Luigi. John Leguizamo is of Latino descent. He was born in Colombia. That's mainly his ancestry. He's a Latino actor. He's very proud. And he's had something to say about, you know, representation and Latino representation and all that jazz for some time now. So this isn't like off the cuff for him. It's just kind of dumb. So this is what he told TMZ. He said, no, I will not be watching, talking about the Super Mario Brothers. He said they could have included a Latin character. He said, like, I was groundbreaking, and then they stopped the groundbreaking. They messed up the inclusion. They disincluded. Just cast some Latin folk. We're 20% of the population, the largest people of group, the largest people of color group, and we are underrepresented. Okay. If you want to argue the lack of Latino representation in film, by all means... Um, argue that I really don't care, but we're talking about this specific movie. On what planet would that even make sense? So this is a already built in universe. The characters here already exist. And this is not something that's, you know, off the cuff weird or out there or niche. No, this is Super Mario Brothers. It doesn't matter who you are, what you are, what you're into, what music you listen to, what your skin, what your skin color is, where you come from. At some point at, in some period of time, probably in your childhood, you have played a Super Mario Brothers Game, be it Super Mario Brothers 3, like me, or something on the Super Nintendo, or you played Mario Kart. We are all very familiar with this. This is something we all had our hands on at some point. I have a Nintendo Switch. The Mario game, I think, is in a cartridge somewhere. You know, it's not like we can just get away with just creating and adding new things. No. The whole point about bringing this animated film to life was to bring this world to the screen, a world that already exists, where the IP is already fixed. What's the point in adding extra characters for whatever? Like, there are no Latino characters. You have Bowser, who is what? A giant turtle looking thing. Princess Peach, who is white. And then Luigi and Mario, who are of italian descent there are no latino characters in this world they're they're not there you know we start off in brooklyn and there's a little bit of diversity in brooklyn but these you know npcs for the most part they're they're just there their background they're you know the animated version of an extra as far as main characters who what do you need no i mean is he wanting to make like one of the toads Latino? No, the Toads have always been kind of peach looking with whatever colored mushroom hat. They've always looked like that. I think if you were to change the way those things look, people would have thrown a whole hissy fit. Remember when, you know, whatever studio got bullied into changing the look of Sonic? Remember that? This is not just, you know, run of the mill. Oh, my favorite book when I was a a kid. These are video games. These are games where we got to participate and make them our own. We got to create our own characters, create our own journey. It's personal. It's different. You can't just up and change things like that and hope for the best. Nah, you bring the world from the video game, put it in the movie as exact as possible and then let it run. But this idea that somehow we need to include certain people. At what point does this not become representation? Here's the thing about representation. And I talked about this in an episode. I think it was my Black History episode. Representation is showing things as they are. It's showing things as they are. It's showing the truth. That's representation. The truth. What we That's what it's supposed to be. So... You know, th- I think the Sandlot, for instance, you know, small town America somewhere, there's one black kid on the team, one kid's Hispanic, everyone else is basically white. That's represent that's that's things as they are. That's pretty normal. You know, small town, white America, one black kid, one Latino, everyone else is white. That's representation. That's normal. Pretty little liars. You had basically three white girls, one Asian chick. She was a lesbian. That's representation. But then you take it, you know, several years later, we have the Pretty Little Liars uh, spinoff, Original Sin, um, from HBO Max. And you have one white girl who's pregnant, two black girls, one Latino girl, one Asian girl who's pansexual dating someone who's trans. Oh, and and the pansexual girl who's dating someone who's trans, her parents are lesbians. That's not things as they are. That is so that's overrepresentation. That's just doing too much. Sometimes you can add in a little bit of extra here and there and it doesn't make a difference because it makes sense. Sometimes representation doesn't make sense. This lily white town and 50% of the school population is black. Nah, man, that doesn't make any sense. Any town outside of the South where school population is going to be more than 50% Black, you're lying, unless it's some metropolitan area. Because the majority of the Black population is in the South. That's a fact. I'm sorry. But we're getting, getting to this point where... It's not even, you know, real life. We're not imitating real life. We're not showing things as they are. People are so afraid of being called whatever phobic, whatever racist, that now they're just shoving brown and gay faces onto the screen and hoping that just does it. Even if these characters have no dimension, no likability, they don't play a role, they don't do anything, they're just there to fill a quota to make the ignorant people like John Liguizamo happy. They're there to fill a quota. And unfortunately, this is kind of the road we're going down because of the new Oscar rules. In order for a film to be um, counted or considered for best picture, they have to follow certain diversity rules. And it's all about filling a quota. It's not about telling real stories. It's not about talking about real people as they are telling black stories, Latino stories, even gay stories or whatever. It's not about telling these real stories, but it's about making sure you have enough dark skinned people on the screen so that you can be considered. It's about filling a quota. We're getting to that point where people are tired. They're just, they're just filling a quota. And that's basically what John Leguizamo is asking. He's not asking for representation. He's telling them you need to fill a quota. Let's put a brown skin character in the movie, even though this world that already exists, it doesn't really make sense. This You're just throwing in a brown face just because. And it adds no value. It Who does that help? Is that supposed to, you know, am I supposed, as a brown person, am I supposed to feel good because I see a brown person doing absolutely nothing, adding no value to the story, whose character means nothing? Am I supposed to feel better? If you heard that, yep, that's thunder. Welcome to New Orleans. I don't know what to tell you. But to me, it's just such a weak thing to say. I'm getting sick of it, honestly. And you're starting to see so much of it in different movies and different television shows where they're just throwing in brown and gay faces just to fill a quota. And it turns out because these characters really add no value, they end up being the most disliked characters. It's not supposed to be that way. The fact is, I am a minority. I'm a black person. I only account for what, 12 to 13 percent of the population. I just happen to live in a city that is majority black. But if you take me back home, that percentage is a lot less. It makes sense if you're doing a movie here in New Orleans and you're doing a movie, let's say, at Sophie B. Wright, which is not too far from me. And, you know, majority of the cast is black. That makes sense. It wouldn't make sense, however, if you were to do a majority black cast at, say, Newman, which is one of the most expensive private schools in the city. That school is majority white. For those who don't know, that's where the Manning brothers went, if I'm not mistaken. Mistaken. My point is, I understand John Liguizamo's frustration with not seeing enough black or brown faces on the screen. Personally, me, I really don't care. Th- something like that has never mattered to me. I have no. I don't see much value in my own skin color. I love my brown skin. I love that I'm black, but it, it has it holds no real value outside of me loving the skin that I'm in. That's it. So I I can't relate to him on that point, but I understand the frustration. But the last thing I want to see is Hollywood just filling quotas, just putting black faces on the screen just because, just to make people happy, you know, taking black faces and putting them on white bodies. I want to see real stories, real characters, I don't want us to just be NPCs just to, you know, spice up the screen. Want to advertise on this podcast? Check the episode description to see how you can be featured on the next episode. Thank you once again for listening to me rant and rave about Super Mario Brothers. Just to kind of recap, I think it'll be so much fun for kids. But I think if you're an adult between the ages of 20 and 40, I'm not sure how you're going to feel about the weak storyline. But if you are a millennial, I think you'll appreciate the nostalgic effort and just the little things that kids these days might not get. So... If you have kids and you're taking them to see this, I would love to know what they thought. I always find it very interesting, just the difference between kids now and when we were younger, not just the quality in film, the difference there, but also because everything is just different. You know, we were outside a little bit more. We didn't have technology at our fingertips. Um... We, our attention span is different. Everything is just different. And it's it's interesting to see how kids respond to something this visually colorful as opposed to when we were little, when it was all we really had was, you know, just these bright visual images on a big screen. It's, everything's changed. It's crazy how much has changed in such a short amount of time. But that's kind of the beauty and curse of technology. So what is coming up? I've been talking about it. I'm excited. Beautiful disaster next week with Dylan Sprouse. I can't wait. Oh my, can you can you hear it in my voice can you hear it in my voice i can't wait again i'm not expecting you know this to break ground i'm not even expecting it to be good i need it to be better than the invitation and just, you know, make my heart flutter a little bit. That's that's all I need. I'm not needing a whole lot from this, but I am very much looking forward to watching it. After that, I just got my ticket for Guy Ritchie's The Covenant with Jake Gyllenhaal that comes out on the 21st. So I'll be seeing it on the 20th, which is a Thursday. And I'm waiting for tickets to pop up for Chevalier. And then I think the week after The Covenant is when Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret comes out this month is already going by so fast i think that's the problem when you watch movies so much that's how you tell time is by movie release dates it's like working at a movie theater all over again i used to work at one by the way what 12 something years ago but that's what's coming up that's where we're at and I am looking forward to all the things coming around the corner. It is Easter weekend, y'all. Happy Easter to those who celebrate. Happy Easter to those who don't. If you're just doing uh, baskets and Easter bunnies and egg hunts, whatever. Happy Passover to um, any of my lovely Jewish followers. How do you celebrate Passover? Let me know in a comment section. Christians, we don't really recognize, we don't celebrate the Passover, but we recognize it in a sense. Um, Not in the same way that Jewish followers recognize and celebrate the Passover, but it is something that is talked about, it's something we recognize more so in relation to the cross and the resurrection. So, what are you doing for Passover? I would love to hear. Let me know. I'm always, um, I always find myself on the Jewish side of TikTok, learning new things. So it's always nice when I have followers who are very, very different from me in terms of the way they live their lives, and just getting to hear how different they are. It's it's always exciting for me. So let me know. I love y'all very much. I hope you have an amazing weekend. And if you're in the city of New Orleans, I hope you stay dry and stay cool because, you know, once the rain is gone, the heat comes back and it's awful. I love you and see you next time.